Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. again in an empire state of mind the best in the world won't be satisfied with anything other than conquering the concrete jungle the americans in action Tate is so pumped into the third round coco 13 and 1 this summer i think she can win this year's u.s open how about taylor fritz he's only lost 10 games francis tiafo he loves playing in the big apple Caroline Wozniacki came back after three and a half years and two children. It's just an amazing story. Wozniacki gets a huge upset. Real validation match. She's still a heck of a player. It's hard to say. Novak Djokovic flying under the radar. But, I mean, listen, this is the only major where he's never lost before the third round. And just really awesome buttoned-up tennis. Every time I watch him, just continue to clap and enjoy it. We've got your passport to all the action. TC Live leading you up to first ball as always. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball on this Friday. It is the start of a holiday weekend, and for many New Yorkers, that means heading to Long Island. But for those lucky enough to work this weekend... Their long journey to a U.S. Open title is barely halfway done. And those players are on an island every single day. So who will survive and who will get an early vacation? Tommy Paul is first up inside Arthur Ashe Stadium, followed by a couple women on the comeback, Jen Brady and Caroline Wozniacki. The night session starts with Coco Golf and ends with Novak Djokovic. Over on Louis Armstrong, Taylor Townsend can get back in the top 100 with a victory. Top seed Iga Sviantek faces her best friend on tour. And the top two American men go back-to-back. Francis Tiafo ends the day session. Taylor Fritz kicks off the night with Elena Rybakina last up. Well, Tommy Paul with the shades on. Future so bright. Trying to reach the fourth round for the first time in New York City. Also, maybe break into the top ten. Hold, hold him back. Hold him back. Taylor Townsend bringing that good energy on the site today. She, she's got a little double duty action, playing singles and mixed doubles with Ben Sheldon. Team Tay Tay coming on in as we welcome you into our studios. Steve Weissman back alongside a couple Grand Slam champions in Paul Anacone and Chanda Rubin, and of course the journalist extraordinaire himself. John Wertheim. A lot to get to on this first Friday in New York City. We're entering the third round. What's on your mind, Paul? You know, I'm going to go a little retro this morning. All right, I like it. nostalgic this morning, watching uh, some of my favorites play yesterday, Grigor Dimitrov and Andy Murray, right? The first, I think, two two games, two, two, let's see, that's four. Two, two is two, four, Two right? plus two? <laughs> that was about 34 minutes. It was mm. a grind. And then to see my buddy Stan Bobrinka, three hours and 40 minutes, play Stan Bobrinka tennis, I tell you what, we talk about all the young folks, but it's tough to see the great oldies play so well, too. 
That's a plus 35 demo. You had, uh, we saw Taylor Townsend arriving. Remember back in the days when they said, oh, women's tennis, it's so boring. They just hug the baseline and hit <laughs> serves and forehands. Boy, has women's tennis brought a lot of variety to bear recently, and that will be on great display today. This Muhova-Taylor Townsend match will be great fun for the uh, tennis period. You want to see who's volleying talent. and angles and slicing and talent and athleticism? I think we don't talk about this enough. The women's game has so much variety these days, and this match is a great expression of that. Yeah, John, you just took my whole thought there. But oh, I'm that, that's what happens when we don't coordinate. Yeah, guys. I was going to say, I got Louis Armstrong <laughs> on my mind, that first matchup at 11. I yeah. mean, that's going to be a terrific battle, and, and just the contrasting styles. And not only that, but the stories that these players are coming in with. You think of Carolina Muhova, all the injuries she had. I mean, she's always been this incredible talent with every shot just about in the book. Uh, and, and she's on the comeback trail and into the top 10 for the first time in her career this year. And then Taylor Townsend, of course, mm -hmm. we know that story so well. She's already had tremendous su success in doubles recently, but now doing it on the singles court, can she get a step further uh, into the fourth round? It's going to be a tremendous battle. I mean, if both of you have the same thought, that means it's, it's, it's an important thought. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, listen, we got the battle of the Tennis Channel All-Stars today as well, Caroline Wozniacki and Jen Brady. Remember back in 2009 when Wozniacki lost in the final she lost to a mom, Kim Kleisters. Now she's the mom. And, of course, she's got her daughter, Olivia, who is, is just dialed in and ready to go. Says she's obsessed with the game, asked to tag along at work, says, I want to be like you and play tennis. That's, that's pretty cool to see. <laughs> this is, it's amazing. That look, she is like, I'm not having it today. I'm not here for the she's, nonsense. She's got a Conti grip, though, doesn't she? If you look at... A little continental yeah, grip. Right. Yeah, she's little, ready to serve. Yeah. Ready to volley. For a little, for a yeah. little go semi-western. They can work with that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> serious point about that? I can't. I mean, it's, I think it goes beyond tennis to athletes in general. Novak's talked about this. The ability to have your kid not just watch you but appreciate what you're doing, that is such a motivation for so many athletes to keep playing. I don't know if we, we've ever spoken about that with Carolyn, but the fact that her daughter and son, too, they're, they're going to get hit an age where not only can they see mom and pose for the photos, but they can actually, that's my mom down there, and really appreciate that. I think that's a big reason why a lot of parents keep playing sports, men and men. And men. We will break down that match later on TC Live. It is going to be a good one, but uh, there was also a nice article that came out yesterday in the East Hampton Star uh, about our own Paul Anacone. Uh, Come yes. on, the headline, oh, it's all been aces for Paul Anacone. Uh, my friend John did another nice piece for me. Whenever I can stand next to a legend like that, you got to be pretty happy to be in... Uh, in her house, in her venue, and my buddy from East Hampton, John, came in. We had a nice chat, talked about some old times. So good talking to you, John. You stay healthy. And all my buddies in East Hampton, hello out nice. there. Love we'll, it. we'll link that in the show notes. That's, <laughs> uh, that's great. I, I tweeted it out yesterday. Thank you. you know, Got you to give much. some love to our guy. Much appreciated. East Hampton Can't star. Can't your roots. That's right. My that's people. right. Yep. Back where it all began. Love it. Uh, we'll have highlights from Carlos Alcaraz coming up later on TC Live. A lot to get to today. All the match previews, all the big highlights. Top-ranked American Jesse Pagula looking to reach the third round for the third year in a row. Plus, 20 years after Andy Roddick raised the 2003 U.S. Open trophy, which American man can win it all now? And with college football season kicking off this week, see how Ohio State coach Ryan Day has used tennis to keep his mental health in check. Don't go anywhere. You're watching TC Live. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Point the official racket sports retailer of the ATP Tour.
Two to John, Paul, and Steve back on CC Live, leading you up to first ball on the first Friday in New York City at the U.S. Open. John Lloyd Harris used to train for the clay season at the Ferrero Academy, hit with a 15-year-old Carlos Alcaraz, said he was already hitting the forehand way bigger than me, and was like, this is problematic. Uh, the problems have gotten bigger five years later. Yeah, this uh, this looked like a practice session uh, with one player having bigger strokes than the other. Uh, Lloyd Harris, Lloyd, um, making a <laughs> re return from injury. Very nice player, but not in Carlo Alcaraz's league. And Carlos did not get through a first complete match in his first round. Um, he gave the fans a good show. This was this was pretty much the, the Carlos show in the big house. This is the defending champion, the winner of the previous major. We got a sense why. Thursday got a little bit closer. Credit Harris for really deciding to go blow for blow and take some high-risk uh, shots. Not a lot of reward to show for it, though. So you're saying Carlos, um, yeah, exactly. The third set was, uh, you know what? I'm just loading up haymakers. Uh, nice win for Carlos, and uh, on he rolls into the third round without dropping a set. Faces Dan Evans next. A plan for the first time in seven years. Andy Murray and Grigor Dimitrov produced a different result than usual, Chanda. It was Dimitrov playing real clean tennis. Yeah, Dimitrov had to save match points in his first round, had to win it in a fifth-set match tiebreak. He thought he might be a little sluggish, a little slow out there, but it was Andy Murray who was just behind often in this match, but he had some greatness on display. That was one of the moments for Andy Murray. In one of the longest games of the first set, they have another long one at two all. That first set was an hour and 12 minutes long, just about, and it was 6-3. But Dimitrov just continued that aggressive play inside the baseline, stepping in, using the forehand. He's got so many shots, a beautiful player to watch, and he put it all together perfectly against Murray, doing it off the backhand slice there, passing, and there was just nowhere for Murray to go to. He really struggled on second serves as well. And in the end, it was straight sets for Dimitrov. Broke serve seven times. Got his fourth win against Andy Murray. Alexander Zverev awaits in the third round. Uh, John Isner, he was the best American tennis player for most of Michael Moe's teenage years. And that would also be the case, Paul, for the first two sets of this match. Yeah, I told you guys in the opening I was nostalgic yesterday, and this was the king of nostalgia for me, watching big John Isner go out there what turned out to be for his last singles match. Started off playing some great John Isner power tennis, used the big forehand, the serve is always on yeah. fire. But look at Michael Moe, really did a heck of a job after losing the first two sets. Didn't blink, hung in there, won the third and fourth set. And here we go into war zone time for John Isner. We've seen so many tie breaks. And I'll tell you what, right there, match point. And that was a sad one to see go against John Isner if you're in his camp. Off they go to the match tie break in the fifth set. And Michael Moe, he just did a heck of a job. That's a tough, tough uh, solution to come up with against someone like this who could be their last match. Someone grew up watching. Great day for Michael Moe. Sad day for the big man. Thanks, John. Appreciate all your efforts. Well, let's hear from John Isner one more time. You know, this is why I've worked as hard as I have my whole life to, you know, play in atmospheres like this. And, of course, I may not win them all. As we know, uh, just like today, but to, to play in this crowd and in front of this crowd and have the support I had is uh, pretty special, so thank you. One more round of applause for the only John Isner.
added 48 more aces yesterday to finish with a record 14,170 for his career. Incredible. That's, that's a nice number to kind of finish at. The 16 career titles got to eight in the world, played two of the longest matches we have ever seen. And fate would have it that his career ends in a fifth set tiebreak. Uh, he says he wants to be remembered as a guy that was easy to get along with off court. Chanda, what, what do you think John Isner's lasting legacy is? I think it's the consistency of his career. Certainly, I mean, he had the big weapon, one of the best serves uh, in tennis history, uh, to be honest. But overall, it was the sum total of his game. He wasn't just a server. You know, he wasn't just a one-shot guy. He could really... Um, you know, get into these extended rallies. He understood how to play to his strengths, especially deep in the teeth of matches. Uh, and you look at that consistency, top 20 for a decade, yeah. finishing inside the top 20. That is not easy to do. Top 10 uh, multiple times in his career and really carried the American flag, was such an example and such an inspiration for the young players we're seeing now coming up. Uh, it's a tremendous career and nice to see it end at the U.S. Open. You thought he might be able to make a little bit of a run, but Michael Moe, just a terrific match with everything that was on the line. But credit to John Isner. I'd love to see him have a big tournament. It was a little bit of bittersweet to watch him lose, but in typical John Isner fashion, match tiebreak in the fifth set. I mean, the guy has done so much for American tennis. I mean, 800, nearly 850 tiebreaks played, winning 60% <sighs> of them. I mean, that that's just incredible. Chandy, you talk about his 10 years in a row in the top 20. That is an amazing, amazing effort. This guy is one of the nicest guys that has ever laced it up on the courts. Everyone loves him in the locker room. Carefree, happy-go-lucky guy. We talk about his serve, but one of the most amazing things about John Isner's serve, as big as it is, he served nearly 70% for serves for his entire career. That That is off the charts. I mean, sure, he is height-aided, mm. but he has one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest, service motions and probably the greatest pure just serve that's ever played the game. So, John, congratulations. Have a great time with your family. You've earned it, and uh, we're going to miss you. For, for a guy who never won a major, probably not a Hall of Famer, this guy had an immense impact on the sport. I mean, he's going to no, – no one's going to hit 14,000-plus aces. So that's one record he holds. He lost in the match tiebreak. Why are we playing match tiebreaks? In part because <laughs> John, yeah. John Isner's had a, a big impact on tennis in that respect. Nobody's ever going to win a match 70-68 in the fifth set again. This guy holds two records <laughs> that are never going to be touched. We talk a lot about the serve. That's the first thing you think of. But, like, Janice, I mean, you, you don't get to be in the top – 20 for more than a decade just with this bazooka hitting serves. I mean, there's professionalism. There's getting that body in shape. There's hanging from the baseline in rallies, as, as you say. This, I think, was as much as we know about John, he, he stands out literally kind of a sneaky good career. I mean, this this, this is a guy who really contributed a lot to the Should sport. be proud. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good bordering on Amazing great. Career. And we absolutely salute you, John, on that incredible career. One of the most loved guys on tour. Wish you all the best in retirement. More highlights on the women's side. Arena Sabalenka in action. More winners than anyone on the WTA this year. Added nearly 30 more call against Jody Burridge. Do I dare say that Jody faced a barrage nice. from Sabalenka yesterday? <laughs> Is that a little wordsmithing? Or barrage against Burridge. There nice you go. Played. But I'll tell you what, Sabalenka once again showed us just how good she is when she gets a little bit of time and she can unleash the power of groundies. The big lead in the first set 
uh, gave her some liberty to even get more aggressive. Look at the two-handed return there out of the left hip pocket. And as Sabalenka gets more confident, I think that is uh, worrisome for the rest of the women's field. I think she was a little more nervous in the first match, seemed more free yesterday, and we saw it by the way she played three and two in a comprehensive offensive exhibition. Asked about her power. She said, uh, we got to ask my fitness coach. Too much weightlifting, maybe? <laughs> Prakash is going to love to hear that. Jesse Pagula looking to reach the third round for the third straight year, facing one of the five remaining mothers in the draw chant of Patricia Maria T. Uh, well, Jesse Pagula, she was unfazed by the struggles with nap time. She was like, I'm coming out here. I'm going to take care of business. And she did that from the beginning. Pagula, so solid from the ground. But it was the way she moved the ball. Teague can be dangerous if she has time and if she can set up on balance. Pagula did not allow her to do that using the backhand to get forward inside the court. These are good moves that Pagula will need as she moves through the draw. Uh, but in the match... Last night, she was not troubled at all. Again, just a solid performance from Pagula. We're so used to saying that she's so consistent, but it's not easy to get it done, matching and match out, and she continues her move forward. Yeah, feeling comfortable inside that big stadium. 60th hardcourt win since last year. Sets up a third-round match with Alina Svitolina. Still to come, Daniil Medvedev has been the king of the hill, top of the heap in New York before, and he woke up today with some new history. We'll tell you about it next. Welcome back. A reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Back to the highlights from yesterday. 2021 champ Daniil Medvedev has his work night carry over into Friday morning, Paul, yep. playing Christopher O'Connell. He sure did. It was a late evening, and for Medvedev, he uh, did, did what he usually does. First two set, great target player is Medvedev, the terrific movement. O'Connell does everything pretty well, nothing great. And Medvedev trying to get all his friends in New York on his side to start the tournament. And we know that that wasn't the way it was in the past. Likes a little bit of irreverence, does Daniel. But he got his irreverence in this third set. How about O'Connell just hanging in there, using some athleticism to steal the third set. But Medvedev gets the early break in the fourth, continues to play really well from the back of the court. And when Medvedev decides to come forward and does it like that from a position of strength, adds another element which is really tough to deal with. So a terrific reset for Medvedev in the fourth. Just a couple words for some folks in the stands. I think that was all that. Becomes the only man under 30 to get 250 hardcourt wins. Congratulations. Times for the Gems Life portion of our highlights. Uh, unfortunately for them, only one would survive the second round, John. Gael Monfils playing Andre Rublev. Yeah, spoiler, uh, this was not the victorious member. Paul likes to say, don't serve more than 50% in a match that's going to be hard to win. Guess what? 49% first serves for Gael. That was uh, pretty much emblematic of how his day went. We thought this would be more of a competitive match. What do we say about players north of 35? It's really more than anything the consistency that can be elusive. And Gael, for the first 90 minutes or so of this match, really struggled, was, was broken early in both sets. 
made things a little interesting in the third. Found his range a little bit, got the crowd involved. The crowd wanted an opportunity to really rally behind him, but uh, Rublev squelched that. Uh, ran away with the fourth set. Two breaks. This one, nice win for Rublev. A bit of a disappointment for Gael. Third round for the fifth straight year for the Russian Malfis. We'll now have more time to watch his wife play. And in fact, during a changeover, Alina Svitolina actually asked the chair umpire if Malfis had started his match. Said she was looking for some different energy chanda against Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. Yeah, Pavlyuchenkova got off to an excellent start. She's such a big hitter from the ground, and the forehand was working there, allowing Pavlyuchenkova to take that first set. But Svitolina, she battles. She doesn't go away. She's got the movement, the wheels around the court, and that keeps her in just about any match. And she's also getting more aggressive inside the court there, up at the net, using the drop shot. She got that second set tucked away, and on to a third, they would go. Love these battles where players are so familiar with each other. The matchups go way back, but they are playing some of their best tennis. And in the end, it was an aggressive Svitolina, the ace on match point. It is a new day, and she moves through beautifully. She does, and it's going to be a popcorn match in the next one against Jesse Pagula. Really looking forward to that one. I'm going to say it every time that Alina Svitolina wins, just how remarkable and superhuman her story is. The fact that she had a baby in October and is now back to 25 in the world, got to the well, quarterfinals of one major, the semifinals of another, and, and it's just like nothing ever happened. Yeah, let's not forget, too. I mean, she played a Russian opponent yesterday. There was no handshake, a reminder. Her country was invaded and still is being invaded 18 months later. This has been a very happy yet traumatic. I mean, the, the swirl of emotions she must be overcoming to play this well, I think, is something we're not talking about enough. Yeah, I just think for her to be able to manage all of that stuff, right, all the internal great personal things that have gone on in her life, plus the internal very difficult things, like you mentioned, John, how do you manage that and then focus on a tennis court under a microscope like this? And, oh, by the way, I think she's getting better, too. <laughs> she's getting more offensive. She's learning and getting more comfortable coming forward to finish. She's doing so many things that have been amazing to me. She just continues just to bewilder me with her ability to juggle all this it's stuff. It's incredible. I mean, think about it. She was in a boot as well, what, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago? I mean, it, it's, right. mm -hmm. it's incredible what she's been able to do and the mindset. That's what seems, you know, especially, um, you know, noteworthy. She's aggressive. She's attacking forehands. She is aggressive with the footwork, looking to move in. I think that's very good things for her game. All right, tomorrow we will break down that matchup against Jesse Pagula. Let's talk about some big matches going on today, yeah. starting with Coco Goff and Elisa Mertens, John. Uh, Mertens has had to save multiple match points in both, both. of yeah. her previous matches this tournament. What challenges does she present for Coco Goff? She's a very steady player. She's a veteran player. Clearly, there's some mental strength having won her first two matches, overcoming match point. I'm not sure she has the kill shots, the weapons to do much damage against Coco. Remember, that match was against Danielle Collins. I think Coco may have breathed a sigh of relief. Collins is a, a different type of opponent. They played twice before. Coco's won both. I think she's a pretty heavy fit. I don't, I don't think Elise Mertens will be saving match points for a third straight match, Steve. All right. Yeah, this will be the first time they're playing on the hard courts, and I think that's the best surface for Elisa Mertens. But, you know, golf with the weapons that she's been deploying, how she's been playing, the mindset she's had, especially off the forehand, that's been a big weapon now for golf, and I think that will freeze Mertens a lot of times. Mertens is a great mover, you know, anticipates well, but it's not easy to defend against shots when 
when you have a speedy opponent, plus they are keeping you a bit off balance. I think that's going to be the key for golf. It's going to be a tougher matchup for Mertens from that standpoint. But she's so solid. She's so experienced. So this isn't a match that golf can take for granted. Coco going for her eighth straight win. Meantime, Novak Djokovic, he's only dropped 11 games in the first two rounds, taking on fellow Serbian Laszlo Jera. Last time they played, took a set off of Novak. What are the chances that could happen again today? He could take a set. He okay. could take a set, but he's still going to come in second. He could take a set, and Novak has been locked in. I mean, it's been he's so much fun to watch because he's so proficient and efficient. I mean, mm. you just watch him play, and the shot selection, the ability to defend and then turn it to offense so quickly, it never ceases to amaze me how good he is at it and how comfortable he is. I think this is just too tough of a matchup. Over three out of five sets. Two out of three, maybe you get hot. Three out of five, unless Novak is not uh, uh, well, mm. then I think it's uh, all Novak joke. Right, Three-time champ moving on, and then we got a couple players on the comeback. Caroline Wozniacki, Jen Brady. Uh, real contrast in styles in this matchup, Chanda. So which one wins out? Is it Brady's power or is it Wozniacki's consistency? Yeah, I think that's going to be the question. With Jen Brady, obviously the power game, you know, she can hit winners from anywhere in the court. How consistently can she do it against a player in Wozniacki who moves so well and has seemed to just pick right up where she left off uh, early 2020, or last tournament yeah. uh, before, you know, the last uh, three events now that she's played Brady playing her fourth event. I mean, both of these players facing different challenges, but I think they are playing in an inspired way uh, for different reasons. And for Brady, she's got to bring the heat. She's got to serve well. She's got to look to step in and use those weapons, but still give herself margin. For Wozniacki, I mean, we know how well she can move, how well she can defend, but she also is doing a good job kind of transitioning from defense to offense. That's going to be key and using her serve. That's a lot yep. bigger weapon than we sometimes realize. And it was a big weapon the other night. I mean, it's almost like when we were talking about Svitolina. It looks like Carolyn's come back as a more offensive player. I, I think both players are thrilled to be here, and yet this is a real test. So is this a one-off, hey, I can beat a two-time major champion in, in Petra Kvitova, or if you're Jen Brady, I can win a three-set match? Or is this, whoa, I'm really into week two of a major. Can I back up a big win with another big win? I think whoever wins this match is really sort of resetting their entire let, the sort of set of expectations. Yeah, 100%. It's it's a battle of the reset button, right? And what, what wins more efficiently, great offense or great defense in a reset button? That's going to be the challenge for Jen Brady. Can she hit through the defensive skills of Caroline Wozniacki? So for me, it's going to be about... Uh, again, offense versus defense, and because it's been a little bit for both of them, who plays the big points the best? So that's going to be fun to watch. We always love a good contrast in styles. Brady Wozniacki will have those highlights for you tomorrow here on TC Live. As the four of us, as always, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading you up to first ball. ESPN noon Eastern. The night session begins at 7 Eastern tonight on ESPN 2. More TC Live at the U.S. Open after a quick break. on TC Live at the U.S. Open. It is time for our TennisPoint.com gear spotlight. And we gear up for the great New York City major in the Adidas Men's U.S. Open Fall 2023 collection. The Adidas Barricade is a very stable shoe, especially during lateral movements. Plus, its Bounce 2.0 midsole provides increased durability. 
Then we've got the Adidas Ubersonic 4.1, big on breathability and speed, plus have the perfect balance of traction and durability. These Ubersonics are worn by none other than American number one Jessica Pagula. And there's a great variety of Adidas U.S. Open Fall Collection polos and shorts as well. So shop now with this QR code on your screen or at TennisPoint.com for the Adidas Men's U.S. Open Fall 2023 Collection. With that, Steve Weissman back in our studios. And John Isner's official last match came in doubles yesterday. And it became a double retirement as Jack Sock was also playing his final event. The two Americans who both got to number eight in the world exiting together. Truly the end of an era in American men's tennis. For a look at today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hey, tennis fans, I'm Fox Weather's Amy Freeze. Here's today's U.S. Open forecast, sunny and 77 in Queens, New York at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. You can stream Fox Weather on your favorite connected TV device, Samsung Plus TV, Channel 1010. Thanks so much, Amy. When we come back, how tennis has become a passion for the head football coach at Ohio State. From field goals to massive forehands, John Wertheim has a story you don't want to miss. Ryan Day's relationship with tennis. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Ohio State football coach Ryan Day and his third-ranked Buckeyes kick off the new season tomorrow against Big Ten foe Indiana. When he's not focused on football, Day is tackling a different sport, spending his free time off the field by hitting the court. John Wertheim explains in today's Tennis Story. is Ryan Day's relationship with tennis? How seriously does he take the sport? Nice, yes! Well, it can sometimes seem as though Day relaxes by spending his Saturdays on the sidelines overseeing one of the premier college football teams in the country. Ryan Day might be the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, one of the most prominent football jobs in America. 
but at the school's tennis facility, he is another player. Nice. Gratified by winners and frustrated when his shots don't go precisely as directed. I played a little bit growing up, tennis and swimming. There was a club there in Manchester, New Hampshire, where I'm from. So I kind of got introduced to it at a young age, but football, basketball, and baseball were really kind of the main sports. And then during COVID is, is when you know, I reached out to Ty and said, you don't mind if I stop by? My name is Ty Tucker, and I'm the director of tennis here at Ohio State. Coach Day said, you know what, I, I used to hit the ball around and played some tennis. And uh, I said, don't be scared to show up and show us what you have. You know, probably three, four weeks later, he showed up and he's been here ever since. Side to side, Coach. Nice. Get those feet going. Yes, I like it. My tennis game, I think Ty would tell you, uh, big forehand. Nice. Big forehand. Darn good serve. Oh, that's an ace. Probably still need to get in better shape. I start to wear down a little bit when I get tired. Get around that ball. Come on, close. Don't let that ball drop lower than the net level. Nice. Be a good game if you didn't have to move. I love the competitiveness of it. You know, when you're competing against somebody, it's motivating. Go play it nice. You're going to be on TV losing a game. There's that fire in me that I just love to compete. And what a great sport to compete at. That was it. It's a lot better than running on that treadmill. Ty's been great for me. I think one of the things being in Columbus and being head football coach at Ohio State is it can be isolating at times. And Ty's been unbelievable. First off, Ty is a huge football fan, always has been. I have an open invitation to any practice I want to see, so I go. But I go to all the uh, home football games, and uh, he's uh, always have tickets for me if I need him. How do you rank your teams? You go... Bug-Eye football's one, and the Reds are just close. Yeah. And then the Bengals and Ohio State tennis are three. There's nothing bigger than Ohio State football. How's the team looking? Be all right. All right. No doubt. He's been a great support system for me, not just being able to come in every day and, and just hit balls, but just uh, as a friend. He's a busy, busy man with a, with a huge job. But uh, he, you know, he comes out and supports the team. Every big match we play, he's usually here watching, and uh, he'll, he'll talk to the guys. He gets it. He, he understands that, uh, you know, how important his position is and uh, how much he can do to help every other team on campus. Day has made mental health, both for himself and his players, a cornerstone of his coaching philosophy. For all its frustrations, he sees tennis as a mood elevator. He also sees it as a window into the mental side of competition. Letting out some steam. For me, during the season, it's really helpful. You have physical health and mental health, and um, certainly in the environment that I work in and, and the pressure that comes with it, having that outlet has been great. Absolutely. It's a big stress reliever. He gets to come out here. I yell at him a little bit. Uh, he runs around and, you know, hits the ball and gets a darn good sweat. But I think it's his fun part of the day. That's good stuff. Thump it. Torp, get yourself some. To me, it's all about up here. It's, a, it's the mental game when you watch Wimbledon or the U.S. Open and just seeing the, the momentum swings that go on and being able to be composed enough to, you know, not let a bad day become a really bad day. And so I talk to my team all the time is on your great days, be elite. On your average days, be great. On your bad days, be average. And that mental edge, I think, in all of sports is what separates the really good from the elite. Nitin Varma doing a great job producing that piece on your great days, be elite, on your 
average days be great and on your bad days be average. That, that's I'm ready to run through a wall right now. What do you think of that piece? That's, that's awesome. I mean, you see the passion and you hear it come out. And I just remember my days at University of Tennessee with uh, the late, great Mike DePalmer Sr. as my coach. And, and all of the coaches used to come over and play a lot of times at the tennis courts. Jack Furtick, the assistant coach of the basketball with Don DeVoe, used to come over and play. They played passionate games with Coach DePalmer. Johnny Majors of football would come over and play. And you can hear it in that interview. Just the passion resonates. And it translates from one sport to another. Mm -hmm. And those themes are absolutely spot on. I love it. Coco Goff say something very similar. I think Ryan Day is lifting inspiration from Coco Goff. She said something very similar after her first round. But, uh, no, I mean, we, we've all run into people from, from outside tennis that, that play the sport and they like it, and it's a good workout, and sometimes it's social. I don't know if I've ever met someone that prominent that plays tennis and is doing it for the mental health reasons. Mm. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Day has some family history with mental health. He's very aware of it, very outspoken. And tennis is as much for him for, for the mind as a way of staying in shape or, or meeting his buddies. I could not agree more with Ryan. Uh, hitting a tennis ball for three hours, way better than the treadmill for 20 minutes. W what did you make of his form, Chanda? How, how, how is his... Serve? How's his uh, forehand back in? He looked good, and I understand. I understood when he said, you know, it'd be great if you didn't have to move. I mean, yeah. we have all had <laughs> that idea at, at <laughs> some point or another, but, I mean, his strokes are terrific. You can see the contact point. That's what I was looking at. Okay. Mm -hmm. Consistent contact point. Forehand, backhand. I love the one-hander um, as well. You could see the base that he has in terms of playing the game, and that's always nice when you reach a level, a certain level of proficiency where you feel like you can get the most out of the sport. I mean, we, having played professionally, we're maybe going downhill. Uh -huh. But everybody else, they have upside. And I think that's the fun part as well. John, you're, you're an Indiana guy. After this story, are you rooting for Ohio State this weekend against Indiana? To, uh, to kick off Big 18 play in the Big Ten? Right. Um, no, I still want Indiana. Uh, <laughs> ten, ten seconds, Ty Tucker. The, the man feeding balls, one of the great, great junior players in history. So we thank Ty Tucker as well yep. for his cooperation. Beat Andre Agassi, Michael yeah. Chang, yeah. Jim Courier, nine <laughs> national titles as yep. a junior. I mean, Ty Tucker is like a junior legend, and he's doing a great job at The Ohio State University as well. Great story there, John. Much more still to come here on TC Live. Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, Tommy Paul, they are all vying to be the next American man to win a major. Our experts tell you who has the best chance to do it in New York City. Welcome back. We are leading up to first ball in New York, and USOpen.org is your online home for point-by-point -point live scoring, highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at USOpen.org today. Well, tell me if you've heard this before. It is the 20-year anniversary of Andy Roddick winning the U.S. Open. Drink. The last American man to raise a major singles trophy. That's after winning 20 Grand Slam titles in the decade before. So the pressure mounts for today's young stars. Let's go inside the press room with Francis Tiafo and Taylor Fritz. Obviously, what Andy did in 03 was, was incredible. Um, and I think... Uh, Nobody, I think we hear it more than, than he probably hears it, what he did in 03. Andy's, uh, like, he's a great guy. We love him, and, uh, yeah, we've all we've all just been trying to, to be the next one to, to win a slam because that's that's the legacy, really, is he's, he's the last person to win a slam, and it's been, it's been 20 years. 
I mean, I think American tennis is a great place. Tommy Paul's playing great tennis. Um, Fritz, myself. Then you got Chris, Ben, Corder. I mean, I think American tennis is a great place. I think it's a matter of time. I hope, I hope one of us are able to do it. And I hope when we do do it, it's here at the Open. That would be awesome. Since our guy, Andy, won it 2003, these are the closest that some Americans have come to raising a trophy at a major. Some names like John Isner, the big retirement Sam Querrey, Tiafo Paul recently. Obviously, TP did it Australian Open this year, semifinals. Roddick made four more finals after that. So uh, let's start with the, the overarching question. How come over the past two decades, Chanda, no one has been able on the men's side to accomplish this? You know, I think the first thing you have to look at is the four guys that have kind of had a lock mm. on things. Mm-hmm. The three in particular, when you look at Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray even. Um, you know, it's been tough for anybody to break through. And even for Andy Roddick, that one U.S. Open, I mean, that was hard to come by. He made additional finals, couldn't quite get over um, the line because of Roger Federer in a number of cases. I mean, it, it's just been tough. It's been a tough couple of decades when you consider how difficult it has been for anybody to break through. I think the guys coming up have a real opportunity now, certainly gaining the confidence, the experience, all of those things. And to have an example like Andy Roddick, who did accomplish it, I mean, that's got to give them some motivation as well. And I think it's good that they're pushing each other. So a lot of things have to come together to win a major. Uh, it's t- it's hard. It's tough to do. <laughs> it's not easy, team. John. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, but I think, you know, that American tennis is in a good place, American men's tennis, and they are poised, hopefully, to do some great things. What's one theme we talk about all the time here? Tennis as this relentlessly global sport, and we have Tunisians in the top ten, and we have Serbs playing, you know, players from South America the denominator has changed in tennis, and this used to be a sport dominated by Americans and Australians and, and Brits and, and some outliers, and that's not the case anymore. So I feel like we need to sort of shift our thinking to this, this globalized world. I mean, this is, you know, General Motors does not dominate auto sales the way it did in the 1950s. Why? Because other players are entering the market. So I don't know. I mean, there are two players from the United States in the top ten. We saw a lot of semifinals even within the last year. We've got to get what happened in 1960 and 70 and 80 out of our head and sort of adjust our math for the current climate in tennis, I think. All right, let's, let's take a look because we've got five American men still alive in the third round of this year's U.S. Open. Look at the bottom half of the draw where we find a few of them there. Yeah, and, and look, we talk about this a lot. You see Taylor and uh, Tommy Paul and Tiafo all top ten or there thereabouts. And then you also have Ben Shelton in there as well. And they all have great opportunities, and they're coming along in an era that is starting to show glimpses of opportunity, just glimpses with a couple of the big three not around. And uh, Novak Djokovic is... uh, at some point going to slow down. So there is an opportunity. Look, it's very simple. We become a product of our environment, okay? And before Andy Roddick, it was Sampras and Agassi and Michael Chang and Jim. And everyone was like, well, why does Andy only win one? Then that was a problem. Because they were used to that. And so you become a product of the environment. It's been a rough go of it. Things are cyclical. I believe that really in my heart of hearts. And, John, you're right. It's a global endeavor now. And right now with those names that we just saw, those guys will create opportunity. And it's going to be up to them to convert. But what we can't do is live in the past. We should enjoy the past, use that for the legends that we've had. And hopefully these guys will get out there and give themselves a chance to hold up one of those big trophies. All right, Paul, I'm going to come. 
come back well, to you because as one of the main guys on Taylor Fritz's coaching team, make the case for Taylor Fritz to break this streak. He absolutely has a chance. Look, Mike Russell does such a great job, day-to-day stuff with him over 30 weeks a year, and Wolfgang Oswald's a great physio, keeps him fit and healthy. This kid is a special player, and mostly between the ears. He is one of the best mental players I've been around throughout my career. He has the innate uh, mental skills, which I think are paramount to being able to win a major. Uh, physically, he has a game that can be streamlined and simplified. He's got to trust it, and the biggest thing about great players is they know what to do under pressure and they trust it um, and that he is learning he's getting better the biggest theme for me is last year Taylor Fritz got to be top 10 in the world not by becoming better player he became a better average player what I mean by that his average level got to a new height and that's the difference and that difference will get you an opportunity to win a major at some point one of the best mental players you've ever been around that that says a lot so with the guys that you've been around Pete Sampras Roger Federer All right, Francis Tiafo, last year at the U.S. Open, huge run, made the Final Four, make the case for Big Foe to break this streak, Shanda. You know, I think a player that's going to break through, they've got to play a very very physical style of tennis, and they've got to play it with confidence, but also uh, with some consistency. And I think that's one of the things that has changed in the Francis Tiafo game. When he's not, you know, playing lights out CBS tennis, He's playing, you know, controlled, aggressive tennis out there, using all of his weapons. That's not easy to do, match in and match out over the course of a major. It's also not easy to do against, you know, these, uh, you know, all-time great players. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was able to do it against Nadal. I think it's a lot tougher when you look at trying to do that against Novak Djokovic and players like that. But I think he can. I think he does have that ability. Uh, but I think that's going to be the key for any one of these players to be able to break through. you gotta, you got to play that that physical brand of tennis like a Stan Wawrinka, like a Del Potro, mm. who were able to get those major titles. A Marin Cilic even, who has the big weapon and the serve and, you know, the, the uh, power off the ground. So I think that's the kind of tennis they've got to be able to play, but consistently in the big moments. Yeah, and the last thing, let me just tag that. Remember, a few years ago, you had to be two or three of those guys uh-huh. to yeah, win right. a major. A little different right now. Well, now you got to yeah, be Carlos yeah, Alcaraz, exactly. though. There, there yeah, there, Carlos, yeah. Carlos Alcaraz is great, but he's not those guys yet. Right. Not right. yet. Right. But none of those guys got to number one in the world as a teenager either. So, he, I mean, he brings some pretty special stuff 100%. to the table. <laughs> uh, John Tommy Paul is right on the verge of the top ten right now. Live rankings 11 in the world. Make the case for TP to, to break this streak and win a major. On that list of American semifinalists, what was the most recent name? It was Tommy Paul. Um, I, you know, the athleticism is probably the first thing you point to. This is also someone who's quietly won an awful lot of matches. You have to think you know, winning begets winning. I want to go back to something you said, though. How much of this breaking through is kill shots and weapons and serve percentages and forehands and backhands? And how much of this is managing your body, managing the moment, these elements of professionalism that I always thought the big three didn't get enough credit for? But but how much of this is the actual tennis and how much of this is something that, that's much more sort of less tangible? 75-25 between the ears, in my opinion, at that really? level. That's a big difference. Wow. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, and it gives hope to people to handle it well. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Ben Shelton, Michael Moe, also still in the draw in the third round. Opportunities to break this two-decade streak. Andy Roddick, our guy, the last one on the men's side to win a singles trophy for the USA. Back with more TC Live after this.
The Tennis Shop, powered by Tennis Point, is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment. Scan this QR code or visit TennisShop.com today to search a wide selection of brands and get the same gear as your favorite pros. We saw Tommy Paul coming on site earlier today. Now, TP is getting that little workout in before he takes the court. Franco Herrero, uh, his uh, strength and conditioning coach, has been watching TC Live. He put it on his IG story. He has done a great job with Tommy Paul, getting him in incredible shape. Look at the camera as well. The U.S. Open allowing players a lot more latitude this year, I'm told, with their own video projects. Potentially a little Netflix as well. Uh, last year's runner-up, Jabir in a battle with Czech teenager Linda Noskova Chandler. Uh, and this turned out to be an incredible match. High-quality tennis there on her third set point. Jabir able to get it done playing bold tennis right at the end. In the second set, though, Noskova, she would fight back. Got the early break and did not let up. Able to take it to a third with this set point, the miss from Jabur and Noskova. She's a player on the rise, a young player that's going to do some big things if she's able to stay healthy. She gave Jabur everything she could handle in this match. Jabur had to raise her level, and that's good for a player who has her sights on getting to another major final. This was an incredible battle, and Jabur impressive down the stretch. Had 17 more winners. Gets another check. Marie Boskova next. That warrior spirit from Jabur on the men's side. 2016 champ Stan Wawrinka in a rematch from Wimbledon, Paul, against Thomas Martin Echeverry. He sure was, and it was a grind out there. Stan Wawrinka style, three hours and 40 minutes. These guys were just going back and forth. Look at the first two sets scoreline, guys. Stan up at the net. Gets passed and loses that second set. And Stan being Stan says, you know what? I'm going to embrace the battle. And let's see what this young buck at seed number 30 has for me. And fourth, third and fourth set, Stan Wawrinka played power tennis. Back of the court, beautiful one-hander down the line. Comes in to close and finish. Got more confident as the match went on. And when Stan Wawrinka is feeling comfortable coming forward using that big serve, Finger to the head, thinking his way through. Always good to see him win, and that is a heck of an effort. And off he goes to Pagana Singer. That's going to be a fun one. Big ball striking. How about Jack Draper? He was out three months with a shoulder injury. Injuries always feel better when you win, John, especially against a top-20 player. Yeah, Jack Draper has so much game. Big kid, lefties. Only four aces, but uh, a great serve, and... Little trouble yesterday with uh, with, with Hercosh. Super Hercosh lost a lot of close matches this year. This was not a close match. I wonder if he isn't one of these players. He uh, intimated that he was suffering from some of this, uh, this the sickness that's going around. He clearly wasn't fully 100%. But uh, full credit. Paul, you know Jack Draper. young prospect from the U.K. Big kid. Yep, his dad was my boss at the LTA. I met Jack when he was a little kid. Got to say hello to him at Indian Wells this year. I'm a huge fan of his game. Hope he can stay healthy, guys. He is a tremendous athlete with a lot of weapons and a heck of a nice guy. Broke five times into the third round at this major for the second time. When we come back, will this be the slam where Sophia Cannon regains her championship form? And we'll preview today's most unlikely third-round match between Jen Brady and Caroline Wozniacki. Plus a warm and fuzzy video. We got a lot of TP in the show. A lot of love for Tommy Paul. He's getting warm and fuzzy with Michael Costa.
TC Live at the U.S. Open. Look who's coming on site. Don't call her Jennifer. Jenny Brady. Naomi Osaka found that out. Good to see you back, (laughs) Jen Brady. It is good to see Jen Brady. It can be Jen. It can be Jenny. But uh, Osaka said uh, congrats to Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Who was she talking about? Not Brady. No, clearly not. (laughs) The finalist at the Australian Open. Look at those flags. A lot lot of stars and stripes. Second from the bottom. Can we uh, we give Bernarda Perra, lefty, a little credit here? Uh, Playing off the pinko. There she is. Thank you for the highlight. We haven't talked about her enough. She's had two very nice wins. Absolutely. uh, Good opportunity. Shot of an upset. Yeah, exactly. Real opportunity. Now we have. There Look at that. Good. We're, we're all caught up. We're working the, together we're, here. I love right. it. Wow. I like with the all highlight. the Americans. <laughs> the, the para highlight I like. Nice yeah. touch. But yeah. a lot of Americans in action. Too. Was that not the Ostapenko highlight? Yeah, was, exactly. Was the, the para highlight. All right. Uh, here are some big results from yesterday. We start with the youngster, the teenager, the 19-year-old Alex Mickelson having the summer of his dreams. Looking to crack the top 100 ball, but ran into a tough matchup with the Chilean, yeah. Nicholas Jarry. Yeah, keep your eyes on Alex. He's a heck of a player. Really a tremendous two-handed backhand. Great ground strokes. We saw him in Newport just spring onto the scene this summer. Won that first set, but Nico Jerry, just a lot of firepower. Big serve, huge forehand, able to dictate and able to hit the reset button, which is hard to do against a young player that you don't know. But for Alex Mickelson, just the beginning of a new chapter in his life. And for this man, he's done a great job springing back onto the scene. Played a great second, third, and fourth set. Just too much power for the young American. But uh, what a great job for Alex Mickelson to get into the U.S. Open. His ranking was right around 100-ish. A little north of 100. Not quite there yet. But climbing up. And Nicholas Jerry is moving on. It'll be when, not if. Alex Mickelson cracks that top 100. Uh, Speaking of getting fast inside the top 50, former Texas star Peyton Stearns. New career highs almost every week, Chanda. Impressive showing against Clara Tawson. Yeah, she has been impressive this year. Since getting her first WTA Tour win, she has been racking up the Ws. And it's the aggressive play. It's the clear-headedness that she has in big moments. She's an athletic player, good mover around the court. But she was also hitting big and getting into the right position. She had 26 winners over the course of this match, just 14 unforced errors. Those are incredible numbers for an aggressive player, and it got the job done in straightforward fashion. We're working with Eric Heckman, Hayden Stearns, Hook'em Horns. Moving on to the next round, Madison Keys. She's been kind of flying under the radar in New York, I would say. Chanda, just kind of taking care of business. Yesterday, it was Nina Wickmeyer. Yeah, under the radar seems to be working for Madison Keys. And when you've got a game as big as hers, are you ever really under the radar? I mean, she was firing winners off both sides. But she's playing more measured tennis. I mean, we're seeing bigger margins, well away from the lines, well away from the baseline. She had an incredible serving day as well. Keys and the forehand as the big weapon. Talk about winners, 20 winners, four of those included aces from the Keys racket, and there was just nowhere for Rick Meyer to go to. And the finalist, round by round, working her way through the draw here in New York City. And how about the last American to win a singles title at a Grand Slam? Sophia Kennan facing Daria Kazatina. John, good start for Kennan. It was. Chanda predicted this match would be won by the player in their mid-20s who was born in Russia. Um... And she was correct. Uh, nice start for Ken. Remember, Ken beat Coco Gauff at the previous major. So this is a player who's playing herself back to form. She got into the main draw on her own, didn't need a wild card. 
after seeing her ranking dip, and she was right in this match. This was a battle, probably redundant when we say Tenen's name. That's how she plays, but Tazatina makes a nice comeback in the second set, and this stayed tight. Look at the time of match. We're already over two hours here. Kazakina has so much variety. What she lacks in weapons and the lack of a serve she makes up for in her way around the court and just a little bit better on the big points yesterday. Kazakina seated 13 in the running for the year-end championships wherever they may be and she got a little closer with a nice battle win yesterday over Kennan. 6-4 in the third. Chanda, did you really say that? I wish I was witty enough to think about it. <laughs> Putting words in your mouth again. I mean, come on. You got it right. You were correct. Uh, we've got worth our stat of the day later. We've got a, a hot shot from, from Andy Murray, and we'll break down all the big matches. Paul's going to talk about that hot shot, because it was, it was something special. Back on TC Live with a look at our featured matches. Tommy Paul, first up inside Arthur Ashe Stadium, followed by a couple women on the comeback. Jen Brady and Caroline Wozniacki. The night session starts with Coco Golf and ends with Novak Djokovic. Over on Louis Armstrong, Taylor Townsend can get back in the top 100 with a victory. Top seed Iga Sviatek faces her best friend on tour. And the top two American men going back-to-back, -back, Francis Tiafo ending the day session. Taylor Fritz kicking off the night session with Elena Rabakina up last. Well, time now for our hot shot of the day. Paul Anacone, it comes from Andy Murray. Grigor Dimitrov, what a point this was. Oh, this game lasted about a month and a half. 2-0 in the first set. Watch this get from Murray. Unbelievable. Goes around. I love the fact that he just kind of sidesteps in that post. Josh That's my pass. favorite part. Yeah, right the little there. racket tap yeah. was nice, but look at the wheel. Still, great first set. This guy has such unbelievable hands. I don't think we've even talked about that enough throughout his career. This is an amazing angle. Look at the get. Even with Grigor's wheels, can't get there. <laughs> what a way to start our day as the hot shot of the day. Right? That's, that's special stuff. Right? I feel like since they did racket tap, we got to do you know, a little yeah. dap right here. Nice. Well, well done, Paul. I appreciate uh, it. And appreciate on a metal it. hip, he's got those wheels, right? I'll tell you what. The guy's still amazing. And when he comes up with stuff like that, you just have to tip the cap. You really do. Uh, but as always, it's the loser of the match that gets the hot shot of the day. It is time now for our warm and fuzzy segment. Tommy Paul with Michael Costa. Talk about how your family moved to a farm. Mm. What the hell is happening? You're yeah. a professional tennis player. Yeah. You play tennis on TV. You make millions of dollars. Your family moved to a farm recently? I grew up in North Carolina. Right. My mom moved down here to South Florida with me when I was 15, and then she got remarried and moved up to South Jersey, where she's originally from and where I was born. She remarried into a farm. So now... Actually, when she got there, it wasn't really a farm, but uh, okay. she, I think, I think maybe she watched a little too much Yellowstone and <laughs> turned it into a farm. How do you feel when you go up there and you see, there's animals, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was we, it a... we just had eight sheep, and I think two more just came in, like, as in gave birth to gave two birth. more yeah. on the farm. So Wow. Yeah, she, she's loving life right now. Does that help you detach from tennis, watching a sheep give birth? I've never said that question before in my life. Well, I never watched. I oh, okay. watched. <laughs> That's awkward. Uh, I need to get one of those warm and fuzzy hoodies that Costa's rocking. You can see all of his great work on these segments at TennisChannel.com. And coming up next, we get you ready 
for day five with all the big highlights and match previews. Keep it close. Live leading you up to first ball on the first Friday in New York City at the U.S. Open. John Lloyd Harris used to train for the clay season at the Ferrero Academy. Hit with a 15-year-old Carlos Alcaraz. Said he was already hitting the forehand way bigger than me and was like, this is problematic. Uh, the problems have gotten bigger five years later. Yeah, this uh, this looked like a practice session uh, with one player having bigger strokes than the other. Uh, Lloyd Harris. Lloyd! Um... Making a <laughs> return from injury. Very nice player, but not in Carlo Alcaraz's league. And Carlos did not get through a first complete match in his first round. Um, he gave the fans a good show. This was this was pretty much the, the Carlos show in the big house. This is the defending champion, the winner of the previous major. We got a sense why. Third take on a little bit closer. Credit Harris for really deciding to go blow for blow and take some high-risk uh, shots. Not a lot of reward to show for it, though. So you're saying Carlos, um, Yeah, exactly. The third set was, uh, you know what, I'm just loading up haymakers. Uh, nice win for Carlos, and uh, on he rolls. Into the third round without dropping a set. Faces Dan Evans next. But planned for the first time in seven years, Andy Murray and Grigor Dimitrov produced a different result than usual, Chad. It was Dimitrov playing real clean tennis. Yeah, Dimitrov had to save match points in his first round, had to win it in a fifth-set match tiebreak. He thought he might be a little sluggish, a little slow out there, but it was Andy Murray who was just behind often in this match, but he had some greatness on display. That was one of the moments for Andy Murray. In one of the longest games of the first set, they have another long one at two all. That first set was an hour and 12 minutes long, just about, and it was 6-3. But Dimitrov just continued that aggressive play inside the baseline, stepping in, using the forehand. He's got so many shots, a beautiful player to watch, and he put it all together perfectly against Murray, doing it off the backhand slice there, passing, and there was just nowhere for Murray to go to. He really struggled on second serves as well. And in the end, it was straight sets for Dimitrov. Yeah, broke serve seven times. Got his fourth win against Andy Murray. Alexander Zverev awaits in the third round. Uh, John Isner, he was the best American tennis player for most of Michael Moe's teenage years. And that would also be the case, Paul, for the first two sets of this match. Yeah, I told you guys in the opening I was nostalgic yesterday, and this was the king of nostalgia for me, watching big John Isner go out there what turned out to be for his last singles match. Started off playing some great John Isner power tennis, used the big forehand. The serve is always on fire. But look at Michael Moe, really did a heck of a job after losing the first two sets. Didn't blink. Hung in there, won the third and fourth set, and here we go into war zone time for John Isner. We've seen so many tie breaks, and I'll tell you what, right there, match point, and that was a sad one to see go against John Isner if you're in his camp. Off they go to the match tie break in the fifth set, and Michael Moe, he just did a heck of a job. That's a tough, tough uh, solution to come up with against someone like this who could be their last match. Someone grew up watching. Great day for Michael Moe. Sad day for the big man. Thanks, John. Appreciate all your efforts. Let's hear from John Isner one more time. You know, this is why I've worked as hard as I have my whole life to, you know, play in atmospheres like this. And, of course, I may not win them all. As we know, uh, 
just like today, but to, to play in this crowd and in front of this crowd and have the support I had is uh, pretty special, so thank you. One more round of applause for the only John Aisner. Added 48 more aces yesterday to finish with a record 14,170 for his career. Incredible. That's, that's a nice number to kind of finish at. The 16 career titles got to eight in the world, played two of the longest matches we have ever seen. And fate would have it that his career ends in a fifth set tiebreak. Uh, he says he wants to be remembered as a guy that was easy to get along with off court. Chanda, what, what do you think John Isner's lasting legacy is? I think it's the consistency of his career. Certainly, I mean, he had the big weapon, one of the best serves uh, in tennis history, uh, to be honest. But overall, it was the sum total of his game. He wasn't just a server. You know, he wasn't just a one-shot guy. He could really... Um, you know, get into these extended rallies. He understood how to play to his strengths, especially deep in the teeth of matches. Uh, and you look at that consistency, top 20 for a decade, yeah. finishing inside the top 20. That is not easy to do. Top 10 uh, multiple times in his career and really carried the American flag, was such an example and such an inspiration for the young players we're seeing now coming up. Uh, it's a tremendous career and nice to see it end at the U.S. Open. You thought he might be able to make a little bit of a run, but Michael Moe, just a terrific match with everything that was on the line. But credit to John Isner. I'd love to see him have a big tournament. It was a little bit of bittersweet to watch him lose, but in typical John Isner fashion, match tiebreak in the fifth set. I mean, the guy has done so much for American tennis. I mean, 800, nearly 850 tiebreaks played, winning 60% <sighs> of them. I mean, that that's just incredible. Chandy, you talk about his 10 years in a row in the top 20. That is an amazing, amazing effort. This guy is one of the nicest guys that has ever laced it up on the courts. Everyone loves him in the locker room. Carefree, happy-go-lucky guy. We talk about his serve, but one of the most amazing things about John Isner's serve, as big as it is, he served nearly 70% for serves for his entire career. That That is off the charts. I mean, sure, he is height-aided, mm. but he has one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest, service motions and probably the greatest pure just serve that's ever played the game. So, John, congratulations. Have a great time with your family. You've earned it, and uh, we're going to miss you. For, for a guy who never won a major, probably not a Hall of Famer, this guy had an immense impact on the sport. I mean, he's going to no, – no one's going to hit 14,000-plus aces. So that's one record he holds. He lost in the match tiebreak. Why are we playing match tiebreaks? In part because <laughs> John, yeah. John Isner's had a, a big impact on tennis in that respect. Nobody's ever going to win a match 70-68 in the fifth set again. This guy holds two <laughs> records that are never going to be touched. We talk a lot about the serve. That's the first thing you think of. But, like, Janice, I mean, you, you don't get to be in the top – 20 for more than a decade just with this bazooka hitting serves. I mean, there's professionalism. There's getting that body in shape. There's hanging from the baseline in rallies, as, as you say. This, I think, was as much as we know about John. He, he stands out literally kind of a sneaky good career. I mean, this this, this is a guy who really contributed a lot to the Should sport. be proud. Uh, it's good career. bordering on Amazing great. Uh, we absolutely salute you, John, on that incredible career. One of the most loved guys on tour. Wish you all the best in retirement. More highlights on the women's side. Arena Sabalenka in action. More winners than anyone on the WTA this year. Added nearly 30 more, Paul, against Jody Burridge. Do I 
dare say that Jody faced a barrage nice. of from Sabalenka yesterday. <laughs> a little wordsmithing? Barrage against Burridge. There right? you go. Slave. But I'll tell you what, Sabalenka once again showed us just how good she is when she gets a little bit of time and she can unleash the power of groundies. The big lead in the first set uh, gave her some liberty to even get more aggressive. Look at the two-handed return there out of the left hip pocket. And as Sabalenka gets more confident, I think that is uh, worrisome for the rest of the women's field. I think she was a little more nervous in the first match, seemed more free yesterday, and we saw it by the way she played three and two in a comprehensive offensive exhibition. Asked about her power. She said, uh, we got to ask my fitness coach. Too much weightlifting, maybe? <laughs> Prakash is going to love to hear that. Jesse Pagula looking to reach the third round for the third straight year, facing one of the five remaining mothers in the draw chant of Patricia Maria T. Uh, well, Jesse Pagula, she was unfazed by the struggles with nap time. She was like, I'm coming out here, I'm going to take care of business. And she did that from the beginning. Pagula, so solid from the ground. But it was the way she moved the ball. Teague can be dangerous if she has time and if she can set up on balance. Pagula did not allow her to do that using the backhand to get forward inside the court. These are good moves that Pagula will need as she moves through the draw. Uh, but in the match last night, she was not troubled at all. Again, just a solid performance from Pagula. We're so used to saying that she's so consistent, but it's not easy to get it done matching and match out, and she continues her move forward. Yeah, feeling comfortable inside that big stadium. 60th hardcourt win since last year. Sets up a third-round match with Alina Svitolina. Still to come, Daniil Medvedev has been the king of the hill, top of the heap in New York before, and he woke up today with some new history. We'll tell you about it next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back. A reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Back to the highlights from yesterday. 2021 champ Daniil Medvedev has his work night carry over into Friday morning, Paul, yep. playing Christopher O'Connell. You sure did. It was a late evening, and for Medvedev, he uh, did, did what he usually does. First two set, great target player is Medvedev, the terrific movement. O'Connell does everything pretty well, nothing great. 
and Medvedev trying to get all his friends in New York on his side to start the tournament. And we know that that wasn't the way it was in the past. Likes a little bit of irreverence, does Daniel, but he got his irreverence in this third set. How about O'Connell just hanging in there, using some athleticism to steal the third set? But Medvedev gets the early break in the fourth, continues to play really well from the back of the court. And when Medvedev decides to come forward and does it like that from a position of strength, adds another element which is really tough to deal with. So a terrific reset for Medvedev in the fourth. Just a couple words for some folks. I think that was all about. Becomes the only man under 30 to get 250 hardcourt wins. Congratulations. Times for the Gems Life portion of our highlights. Uh, unfortunately for them, only one would survive the second round, John. Gael Mofis playing Andre Rublev. Yeah, spoiler, uh, this was not the victorious member. Paul likes to say, you don't serve more than 50% in a match that's going to be hard to win. Guess what? 49% first serves for Gael. That was uh, pretty much emblematic of how his day went. We thought this would be more of a competitive match. What do we say about players north of 35? It's really more than anything the consistency that can be elusive. And Gael, for the first 90 minutes or so of this match, really struggled, was, was broken early in both sets. Made things a little interesting in the thirds. Found his range a little bit. Got the crowd involved. The crowd wanted an opportunity to really rally behind him. But uh, Rublev squelched that. Uh, ran away with the fourth set. Two breaks. And this one, nice win for Rublev. A bit of a disappointment for Gael. Third round for the fifth straight year for the Russian. Malfis will now have more time to watch his wife play. And in fact... During a changeover, Alina Svitolina actually asked the chair umpire if Malfis had started his match, said she was looking for some different energy chanda against Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. Yeah, Pavlyuchenkova got off to an excellent start. She's such a big hitter from the ground, and the forehand was working there, allowing Pavlyuchenkova to take that first set. But Svitolina, she battles. She doesn't go away. She's got the movement, the wheels around the court, and that keeps her in just about any match. And she's also getting more aggressive inside the court there, up at the net, using the drop shot. She got that second set tucked away, and on to a third they would go. Love these battles where players are so familiar with each other. The matchups go way back, but they are playing some of their best tennis. And in the end, it was an aggressive Svitolina, the ace on match point. It is a new day, and she moves through beautifully. She does, and it's going to be a popcorn match in the next one against Jesse Pagula. Really looking forward to that one. I I'm going to say it every time that Alina Svitolina wins, just how remarkable and superhuman her story is. The fact that she had a baby in October and is now back to 25 in the world, got to the oh. quarterfinals of one major, the semifinals of another, and, and it's just like nothing ever happened. Yeah, let let's not forget, too. I mean, she played a Russian opponent yesterday. There was no handshake, a reminder. Her country was invaded and still is being invaded 18 months later. This has been a very happy yet traumatic. I mean, the, the swirl of emotions she must be overcoming to play this well, I think, is something we're not talking about enough. Yeah, I just think for her to be able to manage all of that stuff, right, all the internal great personal things that have gone on in her life, plus the internal very difficult things, like you mentioned, John, how do you manage that and then focus on a tennis court under a microscope like this? And, oh, by the way, 
I think she's getting better, too. Yeah. She's getting more offensive. She's learning and getting more comfortable coming forward to finish. She's doing so many things that have been amazing to me. She just continues just to bewilder me with her ability to juggle all this it's stuff. It's incredible. I mean, think about it. She was in a boot as well, what, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago? I mean, it, it's, right. mm -hmm. it's incredible what she's been able to do and the mindset. That's what seems, you know, especially, um, you know, noteworthy. She's aggressive. She's attacking forehands. She is aggressive with the footwork, looking to move in. I think that's very good things for her game. Not tomorrow. We will break down that matchup against Jesse Pagula. Let's talk about some big matches going on today, starting with Coco Goff and Elisa Mertens. John, uh, Mertens has had to save multiple match points in both, both. of yeah. her previous matches this tournament. What challenges does she present for Coco Goff? She's a very steady player. She's a veteran player. Clearly, there's some mental strength having won her first two matches overcoming match point. I'm not sure she has the kill shots, the weapons to do much damage against Coco. Remember, that match was against Danielle Collins. I think Coco may have breathed a sigh of relief. Collins is a, a different type of opponent. They played twice before. Coco's won both. I think she's a pretty heavy fit. I don't, I don't think Elise Mertens will be saving match points for a third straight match, Steve. All right. Yeah, this will be the first time they're playing on the hard course, and I think that's the best surface for Elisa Mertens. But, you know, golf with the weapons that she's been deploying, how she's been playing, the mindset she's had, especially off the forehand, that's been a big weapon now for golf, and I think that will freeze Mertens a lot of times. Mertens is a great mover, you know, anticipates well, but it's not easy to defend against shots when you have a speedy opponent, plus they are keeping you a bit off balance. I think that's going to be the key for golf. It's going to be a tougher matchup for Mertens from that standpoint. But she's so solid. She's so experienced. So this isn't a match that golf can take for granted. Coco going for her eighth straight win. Meantime, Novak Djokovic, she's only dropped 11 games in the first two rounds, taking on fellow Serbian Laszlo Jera. Last time they played, took a set off of Novak. What are the chances that could happen again today? He could take a set. He okay. could take a set, but he's still going to come in second. He could take a set, and Novak has been locked in. I mean, it's been he's so much fun to watch because he's so proficient and efficient. I mean, mm. you just watch him play, and the shot selection, the ability to defend and then turn it to offense so quickly, it never ceases to amaze me how good he is at it and how comfortable he is. I think this is just too tough of a matchup. Over three out of five sets. Two out of three, maybe you get hot. Three out of five, unless Novak is not uh, uh, well, <laughs> then I think it's uh, all Novak Joker. Right, Three-time chant moving on, and then we got a couple players on the comeback. Caroline Wozniacki, Jen Brady. Uh, real contrast in styles in this matchup, Chanda. So which one wins out? Is it Brady's power or is it Wozniacki's consistency? Yeah, I think that's going to be the question. With Jen Brady, obviously the power game, you know, she can hit winners from anywhere in the court. How consistently can she do it against a player in Wozniacki who moves so well and has seemed to just pick right up where she left off uh, early 2020, our last tournament, yeah. uh, before, you know, the last uh, three events now that she's played Brady playing her fourth event. I mean, both of these players facing different challenges, but I think they are playing in an inspired way uh, for different reasons. And for Brady, she's got to bring the heat. She's got to serve well. She's got to look to step in and use those weapons, but still give herself margin. For Wozniacki, I mean, we know how well she can move, how well she can defend, but she also is doing a good job kind of transitioning from defense to offense. That's going to be key and using her serve. That's a lot yeah. bigger weapon than we sometimes realize. And it was a big weapon the other night. I mean, it's, it's almost like we were talking about Svitolina. It looks like Carolyn's come back as a more offensive player. I, I think both players are thrilled 
to be here, and yet this is a real test. So is this a one-off, hey, I can beat a two-time major champion in, in Petrich Vedova, or if you're Jen Brady, I can win a three-set match? Or is this, whoa, I'm really into week two of a major. Can I back up a big win with another big win? I think whoever wins this match is really sort of resetting their entire let, the sort of set of expectations. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's a battle of the reset button, right? And what, what wins more efficiently, great offense or great defense in the reset button? That's going to be the challenge for Jen Brady. Can she hit through the defensive skills of Caroline Wozniacki? So for me, it's going to be about... Uh, again, offense versus defense, and because it's been a little bit for both of them, who plays the big points the best? So that's going to be fun to watch. We always love a good contrast in styles. Brady Wozniacki will have those highlights for you tomorrow here on TC Live. As the four of us, as always, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading you up to first ball. ESPN noon Eastern. The night session begins at 7 Eastern tonight on ESPN 2. More TC Live at the U.S. Open after a quick break. Welcome back. Look who has made it all the way to the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. Caroline Wozniacki and team mom, dad, David Lee in the house. She doesn't roll too deep. No kids, though. Yeah, we're the kids. Exactly. Olivia says she wants to come to work. Take her to work. Uh, we've got the three to see that Steve Tigner provides every single day on Tennis.com. Uh, some big ones today. More TP on How many top. Americans does he call? How many? Uh... Two of the three he called today. Ooh. And you may be surprised which ones. Uh, I guess. Janet, he what do called, you think? He called Brady and Paul. Yeah, Paul. There. No. Uh, tomorrow on TC Live, a real story of inspiration. How Tennis Behind Bars is providing hope for inmates at San Quentin. Definitely a feature you don't want to miss. This is a, this is a special one. John, they sent you all the way to jail for this. Uh, well, Columbus, Ohio? Or... Oh, I see what you're John saying. did not get this I assignment. Did not get this assignment. No. Uh, Brian Rose part story, of this though. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's one of the best ones I've watched. Glad, glad Huska sent that to me last night, so I was able to watch it. Oh, hey, uh, time to enter the uh, social net. Look, look who's there. He's at a Swiss track meet wow. in Zurich. Is that his girls? I can't quite tell from the side view. Yeah, it's maybe a little daddy-daughter so time. Bad. I love it. Zurich track meet. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen years. After winning the U.S. Open, this is how he spends his Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Come on, Rod. He loves nice. all sports, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the hurdles, I think. That's it. I mean, you got to love the hurdles. How difficult is that to do? I can't imagine. Does he come back if Dominic Stricker or Stan reaches week two? Discuss. Good to see Roger. I would say no. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's uh, staying with the daughters uh, and hanging out. <laughs> Doing whatever he wants with all of his time. Uh, reminder, the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2023 US Open merchandise. Get US Open gear for the entire family. Check out a variety of one-of-a-kind US Open accessories as well. Visit USOpenShop.org today. When we come back, we are previewing the best matches of this Friday. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. It is
it's time for people stars in the stands who was showing up uh, yesterday john you, you saw alec baldwin behind the star that we Ooh. pointed out and today he's front and center mira sharapova right uh That's there's right. alec baldwin he's a regular in, in the usda box with his wife ilaria I don't know who's behind them. I'm sure it's someone uh, lovely and prominent as well. <laughs> <laughs> At least lovely. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you know who's in the room where it happens? That there guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda and his wife, Vanessa Nadal. Any chance that might be? Yeah, there's a chance. Any, uh, any Mallorcan blood. By the way, speaking of the two of them, you want pure entertainment, yes. digression. Yes. Google Lin-Manuel Miranda and Fiddler on the Roof wedding toast. It is one of the all-time great sort of wedding toast slash flash mobs. Okay. As long as we have the couple there, we may as well give people a fun it. little... He, he participated in that? He participated. Okay. Oh, good entertainment. The stands. I love that. Some right. entertainment value out of that. I like it. For more stars in the stands, visit people.com and, and go Google and YouTube whatever John just told you. About is that the stat of the day? That John just I don't think so. What is no? the stat of the day? Oh, man. Uh, Usually, I like to come up with these on my own, but I stumbled across this one on an account at Vonch, who you can all uh, who you can all follow. So I, I took this from him, but it's great. All credit to him for finding this. So here's Stan Vavrika. He's 38 years old, and here is Minchich. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, if, if my excuse, if not, is that uh, he's 17 years old as of yesterday. So we've got plenty of time to get to know him. He plays Taylor Fritz today. Anyway, these two gentlemen, both still in the draw. They are separated by more than 20 years. In that, what's the span of time? That's Some, actually what's that? What's the record? We got? Is there a record? Do we know the record? High versus low? Yeah, that's oh, 20 man. years. To play There's each other, or no, that no, no, just in the draw? Like that, 20 years. Got to be more uh, than Venus, that. I would say more than that. Jordan. Venus Williams, Mira Andreva. Yeah, I mean, that's right? 43, 16. But that, but that 20 years, that's, that's, right. a, that's a bigger that's spot of time. The that's bigger knocking on the door. That's, I mean. Larger that, than, than Carlos has been a lot. That, that's the payoff. <laughs> 20 years, <laughs> 70s, that is a bigger block of time than the age of Carlos Alcaraz, the defending champion. Um, I like that one. All credit, Ivanch, for, uh, for pointing that out. Yeah. Uh, it's, I like it. It, it took a while to get to the punchline. Yeah, exactly. No, we messed it up because we, we were talking we back. I messed we were everything up. So. Old guy, young guy, <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, it, it all anyway, comes together. We love tennis. We, we do love tennis. Uh, we love the matchups that we have today. Ooh. Taylor Townsend, Carolina Mukova, two players with the hands at net that can just do all kinds of things. Yeah. Well, what, is, what does Taylor need to do to make it to the fourth round for the second time at the U.S. Open? You know, I think because they play so similarly in terms of their skill set. I think for Taylor Townsend, she's just got to be a little more dynamic. I think she can be a little more aggressive on returns. That may be some opportunities, especially on the move of a second serve, return and get in and just push the envelope a little bit more, maybe get some opportunities and some break point, uh, generate some break points. I also think she's got to serve well, and I've been seeing Taylor Townsend this event really use her leftiness even mm. more. I mean, she's getting that little extra side spin. She's going down the tee beautifully, switching it up out wide. That's going to be an advantage as well. And use the crowd. The cr I mean, she was so pumped up That's in that it. last match. Yeah. That U.S. Open crowd is going to get behind Taylor Townsend. Uh, Francis Tiafo, we all know the crowd is going to be behind Big Foe at all times, taking on Adrian Manorino. Uh, tricky lefty Manorino, 0 for 20 against top 10 guys at majors as uh, we see Big Foe walking in right there behind he him. He's got his beats by Dre. Still yeah. waiting, Foe, for, uh, you know, that, that gift package. There he is. He's, what do you make of this matchup? He's sending it to you tomorrow. Yeah. I, I think that uh, Francis is prohibitive uh, favorite. 
I think he's going to be too solid and talk about getting the crowd into it. That's what he's going to do. It's bit like of a, a danger meter. Um, okay. The, the lefty Manorino, 35 years old, but actually has won a tournament in North America this summer. One Newport, uh, different surface, but uh, <laughs> Francis will be the favorite. But Manorino, um, danger. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to all these matches. We will have the highlights for you tomorrow right here on TC Live. We hope that uh, wherever you go for your holiday weekend, that we're a part of that here because the U.S. Open continues. There is work to be done on Labor Day weekend. TC Live back with it tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Enjoy the tennis, everybody.